Hi, so we are ready. This is Austin Reed, and please help me in welcoming him. Hi there. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hi, thank you so much. And and you had me too. And I think so we had a great conversation. We did. We did. Okay. So as you know, the name of my podcast is Life Struggles. So the first thing I always ask, what has been your biggest life struggle? That's a hard question. I would say three things. Okay. Number one, cystic fibrosis. That was very difficult in my early years. It's gotten better mm -hmm. thanks to new advances in medication. Sure. And so I would say it's it started with the cystic fibrosis, right? And and then you know I got a little bit healthier. Well, then I had um, I struggled from uh, depression and anxiety, and that in turn uh, led me to 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 some really negative um, things uh, for not only me but my entire family. So yeah, but yeah, uh, and and I'm talking about alcohol. Um, so those are the three big, biggest struggles. Okay. So let's, let's start out with the cystic fibrosis since that was early on in age. And why don't you describe to the people that are listening in case we do have somebody with that or with a child with that, that they can understand what it is and what you can do for it. Well, Hey, if anybody is watching right now that maybe they have cystic fibrosis or yeah, like you said, uh, or Christy, that they know somebody. Mm -hmm. um, I was diagnosed when I was three years old. So my parents, uh, as a baby, I wasn't gaining weight and they were, they, they didn't know what the heck was going on. Um, so by the time I was three, finally, the doctors figured out, uh, thanks to gene technology that I indeed have cystic fibrosis. Um, so once I got on some medication, uh, I mean, I've been taking five pills every time I eat to digest my food my entire, since I was three years old. So uh, if I don't, digestion? yeah, a, a digestion and then lungs, um, those are the, the two biggest things, but there's other things like you can get diabetes, you can get what's called cystic fibrosis related diabetes. So there's just so much, um, and cystic fibrosis is weird. So some people, if they have a certain gene, mm -hmm. then they don't, maybe they don't have to take their pills or maybe they just have to, you know, do some breathing treatments. So everybody's different. Um, so there's like, you know, uh, stage one cystic fibrosis up to stage 10. I've got stage 10. So I've got the full gene. So, um, you know, some of the biggest things that, that, that I faced uh, with cystic fibrosis uh, going to school, number one, um, back then, uh, I'd be in the hot, if, if I got sick, like with pneumonia or something, I'd be in the hospital two, three weeks. And, and this and was- Since that affects your lungs, did you get pneumonia a lot? Okay. Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got pneumonia. I got, uh, I mean, it just all those kind of bad <laughs> lung infections. Um, but like I said, things have, have gotten better thanks to medication. Um, about two and a half years ago, uh, they came out with a medication called Trikafta. And it's $30,000 a month. Wow. But uh, thankfully, my insurance covers most of it really um 
Yeah, yeah, I'm very That's lucky. Because some some patients that have cystic fibrosis, their insurance won't cover that. So crazy. And uh, so, anyways, so I got on Trikafta about two and a half years ago. It's it's kind of like it's a miracle medication. Keeps me out of the hospital. My lungs are good. Um, I still have to take my CF pills to digest my food. Uh, but um, so yeah, so that's that's. So what so as happens? Done, what happens if if you don't take that pill? Like what happens inside? Well, I would probably be dead within a couple months because I because I I would be getting I it it would be like I'm not eating. So it can be a deadly disease. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll tell you, if I wasn't on the Trikafta right now, um, I'd either be in the hospital or 20 pounds lighter. Um, so, but having a disease like cystic fibrosis really, I think it, I know it, it impacted my, my mental health a hundred percent. Right. And so was that the second, second that you listed as a, um, life struggle with, is that what, how you went into depression and because you had a lot of wonderful things going on in your life at an early age. Right. So, yeah. 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 exactly um and here's the thing the worst the worst part of going into the hospital for me uh so many times since I was you know a kid is when I was really sick they would give me pain medication right wow yeah so I I, I, exactly and uh you know they gave me that and I, I was just so happy and calm and I wanted that feeling again so um so I so I struggled with uh with pain meds and uh thankfully I got off of them but um but yeah that was a big struggle and that in turn I think led me to alcohol because I was like well I can't I can't do the pain meds but I can have some drinks here and there Mm. so would you say your gateway to alcohol was your in your illness your depression or the pain medications for your illness what would you think was your gateway pain meds and that unfortunately couldn't be helped right right i mean that had to be a big battle a huge battle my wife um walked with me uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a back and forth thing for like 10 years. The last 10 years, I've struggled with this. Uh, like I said, I've got a year and a half, 18 months. I just celebrated on July 1st. Of continued Congratulations sobriety. on that. <laughs> Thank you. It, feel, it feels really good. Um, and, but yeah, um, yeah, I think you're right, Chrissy. You know, it's hard, it's hard to pinpoint exactly when, you know, I was going down, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, I, I, I would have to agree with you. Those three things, but more importantly, those pain meds, um, cause they, they, for me, for me, they made me feel great. I know some people that kind of makes them like nauseous and I was just the unlucky one that it made me, f- Oh, right. You. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I was unlucky. I loved them. I'm one of those that 
I guess I was lucky that I, I just couldn't tolerate them. I have a very low tolerance for any medication. And so right. the, the three surgeries that I've been through in my life, I said, nope, 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 I'll deal with it. And I dealt with it. You know, but um, I also knew in the back of my head that there was a lot of addiction in my family. So I was afraid of it too. Right. But, exactly. But to be honest, I did try it the first time and, mm-hmm. and it just didn't make me feel, I mean, it took the pain away, but mentally it didn't make me feel good. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It is um, weird. It's, it's like, yeah, some people, yeah, it, it, it hits everybody differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Thankfully, and maybe I've done this myself, I don't know, but I have a high tolerance for pain and a low tolerance for medication. So right. well, that's good for me, not for others. Okay. Right, right. Yep. So still with all this, you did a lot. I did. I all did. What's going on. And right. So the depression, where where do you think that came from? Just that that I I have to pinpoint that to cystic fibrosis when I was when I was three years old the doctors told my parents at that time I'm 34 now 34 and a half okay um they told my parents I'm probably not going to live until maybe 18 or 19 years old so when were you told that by doctors I was probably 11 or 12 That'd be scary too. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like I got past 18. um, I got past that 18 point and and everything just kind of changed, you know? That you got, were you more afraid? Like like, any day I could die or? Correct. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That would be something. So so then what, what did you start doing? Well, um, what did I like out of after, uh, 18, you just started. That's when you like, kind of probably thought about, Hey, I could die any day. Um, depression started sinking in. So were you doing something to cover that feeling? Oh yeah. Uh, Either pain meds or mainly pain meds. So were the pain meds coming from the doctor though, or did you start getting them elsewhere? Nope. Came from the doctor, came from the doctor. Um, it, you know, I told, uh, you know, but I have to take responsibility today because even though they gave me those meds, I knew I didn't need them and I, but I was dependent so on them. So I'm them like, oh, when you didn't need them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's kind of, um, that's kind of the, the one thing that it's just like, oh. I've talked to so many people with pain medications and alcohol and all that stuff. And right. um, yeah. So, so knowing that I have a hard time myself, mm-hmm. um, I guess, since I, I didn't, wasn't able to tolerate that kind of stuff, those feelings, but when they tell me them and I know all of them by now, just haven't felt them, but I can only imagine if if I took something that would actually make me feel like Superwoman all the mm-hmm. time, how easily that would I mean, like who wouldn't want to feel like that every day? You know? Right. Well, it's 
here's here's the one of the worst things in my mind it, uh, in regards to those those medications is that even today i still in my brain i still remember how good they made me feel so and and even though they took me on a really bad path today i still there's a part of my brain that goes back to that first day i i tried the pain meds in the hospital and it was one of the best days of my life i felt perfect. but you were getting them as a small child so are you talking about an age when you really realized it yeah, well so when I was, yeah, when I was a kid, I don't remember m much pain meds. The pain meds started coming when I was like 17, 18, 19. So was um, the cystic fibrosis getting worse? Well, I thought that. Okay. And, but what really was going on was that I was dependent on these, these, these pain meds. Um, so, so that's what I'm saying, so as a child, they still were giving you pain meds. Absolutely. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of normal. However, but I don't remember, I don't remember how they made me feel back then. Sure. I only remember like when I was, like I said, around 18, 19, I remember and uh, that I, I, maybe they gave me something else. I don't know if they gave me like a morphine instead of Vicodin, whatever. But yeah, uh, I, you know, yeah, that was what, 16, 17 years ago. And in my brain, I still am like, man, that was a great day. Well, it is what it is. So then yeah. how did drugs turn into alcohol? Well, I got off the pain meds. I got, I got off of them. Um, was that because I, you wanted to, or did somebody speak to you about it or? I wanted to. You did. Um, my wife wanted me to. Okay. But uh, so by the but, time you were in drugs and, and all that, you were married. Yes. Yes. Okay. My pain, the pain med, the pain med problem literally started. So here, okay. From like 18 to 21. Yes, I was doing the pain meds, but it was in the hospital, right? It was, I wasn't using them outside of, okay. On a yeah. daily basis. Correct. But up until when I got, uh, I was 21. I almost died. Uh, it was double pneumonia, uh, pseudomonas. It was crazy. So they were just, now I was in pain. I, I can't be mad. You know, it's not the doctors. I was in, I was sure. miserable sure. <laughs> with that. You know, you feel like you're dying. Sure. I got home and they gave me more morphine and and my wife at that, you know, we were newly married and she's Austin, you're, you're, you're out of it. You know, uh, you're, you're slurring your words. And, um, but at that point I was, I, I was, I was like, well, no, I need them. I need them. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. And, uh, and then I just stayed on them, um, for, yeah. You know, so I, the, my very first surgery, um, they gave me the morphine, um, but when he, when the anesthesiologist talked to me, mm -hmm. I I said to him because as as a child I can remember when I got something for pain I had really bad ear infections all the time that okay. I didn't like it, and right. so I was afraid then 
to have anything. And I said, could you give me like the littlest, tiniest dosage there is available? Mm-hmm. And he said, I, well, that would be one milligram, which is for a baby. And I said, okay, I'll take that. And he said, but you, you probably won't stay asleep and it won't take the pain away. And I said, well, can we try it? And then if I need more, right. give me a little bit at a time. And he said, sure. And you know what? This is how bad I am. One milligram was perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I mean, I woke up, but I didn't feel anything. Right. So, you know, I mean, I saw him. He started to put the gas mask back over me because they weren't finished with the surgery. Right. And, and I saw him and I kind of shook my head. No, cause I didn't, I couldn't feel anything. I'm like, I'm good. And they were almost done. But I, I remember that that was a good feeling that that was perfect for me. Right. So I suppose if I, but th- that wouldn't have happened to be able to stay on something like that very long. Right. That's what happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this was also, I, I would like to mention too, that this was what 15 years ago mm-hmm. and um that's when the pain med epidemic was i mean doctors were here's this here's that like it was weird yeah and, it's not controlled like it is now right it's a totally different world now which is good thank god yes thank goodness yep. you know but yeah so it was it was kind of like the I, it was a perfect storm for me it was okay so how old were you when you got married I was 23 23 yeah 23 okay so at that time you had started going into alcohol then Uh, not too much not too much that did the, the the crazy alcohol didn't start um only up until about three years ago really yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I drink here and there, but, um, but I like, I, I don't know. I always like the pain meds. So if I, if, if I was going to drink or do pain meds, I'll just do, if I can get the pain meds, I'll do the pain meds, you know? Um, and then once I got off the pain meds, which was so hard. Wasn't it about three to five years ago that they, the government, the federal government started putting that control factor in. Right. Right. So okay. that it was getting harder to get. And I did not, um, I don't, you know, I'm not that, I'm not one to like, go like, you know, find like online. Oh, I need to you know buy a Vicodin. Uh, I yeah. never did that. So it's like, if I didn't get, if I couldn't get it, it was like, ah, oh, crap. Well, then I'll just drink. <laughs> and okay. then of course, the, then, then the drinking, um, uh, took over and, uh, so what's the oh, difference? What is the difference between the feeling of drinking, drinking and and the drugs? Like does drinking really take the pain yeah. away, the physical pain away? No, absolutely not. Drinking is the I mean, for me, I drink so much that I never even got that much of a buzz because my tolerance was so high. So looking back, I'm like, I don't think. I really didn't even enjoy the alcohol. I was drinking because I don't know why. Why was I drink? You know, I I I, I guess because I couldn't get anything else. You know, so um, but yeah, but alcohol. But I yeah, it is weird because alcohol. I drank so much. Uh, I've gotten two DUIs. <laughs> really? 
Yeah, yeah. So and, and um, so you're in California, right? Yeah. What's their law with two DUIs? Uh, well, I I didn't get the DUI in California. I got I got one in Oregon and one in Arkansas. But so when you but when you had a California license, they didn't check on that. No, I have uh, I have. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So okay. Um, and this thing is so annoying; it goes off every five minutes. So sorry if you're hearing a beeping. Really, I haven't heard it. That's what it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have to. Yeah, I have to blow in it. Oh yeah. Oh okay, good. I have to blow into it. Uh, yeah, every five minutes. It's it's serious stuff. Uh, for three years, and it's like a hundred bucks a month. <laughs> wow. So everybody. That's California law. Um, no, that's Oregon's law. Oregon. I think California, I think California is similar, but, but you um, are from Portland, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. I was Yeah, raised in Portland. Yeah. yeah. Portland, Oregon. <laughs> um, so, you know, my last podcast, I don't know if you got to listen to it or not. Um, but no, I haven't yet. If you find a chance, he is from Portland, Oregon, and oh. he had two manslaughters from his DUI spent 17 and a half years in prison it's a really good story and you might I w- you might recognize the name or you know the right. news article from it so right wow okay oh awesome it's an amazing yeah, story. That, that, well see and that's why that's why you know when i get mad at this yeah i i could have killed somebody mm-hmm. can you imagine you know? having to live with that no i no no, I, 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 not I, one I, person, I, but two people. Right. And, and, and you know, and at the time he was so drunk he didn't care. He was worried about his car that got hurt. Right, right. Here's here's my thought on alcohol now mm-hmm. today. Okay, I believe it is primarily evil. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, and it ruins lives. It ruin it it. It destroys. It destroys it marriages. It destroys right. yourself. It destroys children. It, it's right. just right. destructive. Period. Yep. 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 So, I that's when you know I've got twin daughters. Uh, they just turned six, and mm-hmm. I don't want to be that dad that's drunk. I don't want to be that dad that has to have a beer when he comes home or ten beers. It's not fair, you know. So, so do you have I, alcohol in the house? Heck no. No. So your wife Absolutely. doesn't drink at all? If she drinks, she goes out with a friend. Okay. That's it. So, so I'm very lucky. Um, I, was, I was just recently taught by Dr. Rob the age in which you should start talking to your children about addictions because um, they can be genetic. Right. Um, right. I don't know right. if you have any genes, you know, or not, or if that was just, you know, oh, 100%. Built... Okay. my dad, my dad, my brother, my aunts. Oh yeah. It runs in our family. And so addiction, <laughs> you know, is addiction and that gene does carry on. Now, sometimes right. it misses somebody, but I don't believe that. Um, I do have addiction in my family. So mm-hmm. I think we briefly touched on that. And I don't need to go in it because this is about you, but there's, it's not just alcohol or drugs. It can be so many things. 
Right. It's just an addiction personality, period. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. I know. I'm like watching everything ever do like, oh, my God, am I addicted to that? I want to be I want to be make sure I'm 10 minutes early for everything. Does that make me OCD? Does that make me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm addicted to work. I'm addicted to my career. Um, I mean, I am, you know, but I probably am too. And I think that's probably one way I deal with life situations is keeping myself busy. So I'm sure, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, looking at your bio, you've been busy since you were a teenager, busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Yeah. I started, um, so yeah, uh, for some reason I, when I was maybe nine, 10 years old, I started watching Peter Jennings on ABC World News tonight. Rest in yes. peace, Peter. He was one of my favorites. <laughs> yes, I do. And um, I remember as a kid watching it, just like, it, it was like Disney World for me. I, I was, the, the stories and how they, you know, they took a camera to the other side of the world and they you know, uh, the 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 news music the the graphics the reporters uh, I was just like this is oh you know? mm-hmm. and so I set up a fake TV news studio in my basement and really? I would do fake newscasts yep uh, I was about I don't know 10 11 years old and I mean literally the whole basement was a newsroom my co-anchors were stuffed animals <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So one day, I don't remember how this happened, but the local ABC affiliate came out and they did a story about me. Uh, and the, the angle was this kid is 11 years old. He is obsessed with TV news, but he also has cystic fibrosis. And this is, you know, so it's kind of one of those feature pieces. Okay. And shortly after, um, one of the other stations contacted me uh, to be their junior reporter. So I did that for a couple of years. And then, uh, through high school, um, I did a bunch of shows on the local community access channel and, and then, you know, and then just took off from there. I was hired full-time as a reporter with Fox in Portland, Oregon when I was 17. So, um, so yeah, the, you know, despite the depression, despite the alcohol, despite the pain meds, um, I, I you were still to able a, to function. So would you call yourself like a functioning addict? I was a functioning addict. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. maybe maybe 80% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you had to be. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, luckily, uh, I'm very lucky in in the in the sense of, you know, I've been fired from places because of my drinking. Okay. Um and yeah yeah um I I don't want to make it seem like it was you know a perfect world um right because obviously it's not it's not it's not anyway we with or without the drugs or alcohol but our purpose here is to help hopefully other alcoholics or any kind of addicts so let's talk about those Sorry, the bad times. Okay. Um, here's, a, here's a bombshell. Um, mm-hmm. 
I hired, let's see, this was in 2020. Um, I got laid off from my job in uh, Bend, Oregon. I was the news director for a bunch of radio stations out there. Um, I got laid off. They said it was because of COVID. Could have been because of my drinking. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, and then... I don't think they could have named it COVID. Right, I know. <laughs> um, and then they... And uh, so I came came to Fresno. And uh, I was... Uh, came down here to work at another station. Uh, uh, KKDJ. And I was there for about six months. Um, what my co-anchor I had hired. Uh, uh, his name is Bronson, Bronson Pesciapai from New Mexico. Okay. Uh, he came out here and man, we, we had known each other for about 10 years. So we were already good friends, but when he came out here, mean? we, so when I was in Albuquerque, uh, he worked at NBC news. Okay. Okay. So, um, anyway, so yeah, so he came out and, uh, I had no idea. Uh, it turns out, um, he drank a lot and, um, um, I was drinking with him. I was going to say, uh, did he, he become your drinking buddy? He was, yeah. And uh, um, he died from, from uh, yeah. Um, he died in my arms. Uh, we were at the station. We were done with the shift. We were having some drinks and um, he fell. Uh, and well, wait, he uh, fell because something was going on or because? Yeah, he, yeah, he, he fell down and... And I was trying to wake him up. I couldn't wake him up. And uh, and he died. What was that um, from? Uh, most likely an alcoholic seizure. Wow. So anyway, so That's that. Sad, I'm sorry. Thank you. However, um, the only thing I can say is that he, he was in pain. I know that he was, he was suffering from depression and mental illness. Uh, I know he's in a happier place today. And I also know, I mean, you know, he, like I said, he was one of my best friends. He loved my, my kids, uh, knew my wife. I mean, and, um, so when he died because of alcohol, that changed me. Not Ooh. immediately. Okay. I was just going to um, ask, did your wife ever mention to you that you should slow down or you should stop? Absolutely. Or, okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, okay. But I didn't listen to her because you don't listen to anybody. When you're addicted to something and you want something, that's the only thing you think of. You don't think about anybody else. Oh, you no. don't think. No. You know? No, it's got to come me. from you eventually. Right. Right. It's not so when, when he died, um, of course, you know, you would think, you would think that I saw that and I would never drink again right hmm. no uh, I got I came home and I was drinking probably two I mean the like the big just straight vodka bottles <laughs> day after day after day why do um, I hear that so much I, there's no smell to it is that correct yeah like, hardly right. yeah right <laughs> I, I think somebody so, told me that like I could get away with it because you couldn't smell it on me Right, right. Okay, and um, so I was, you know, drinking just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I was morning, but morning in the wrong way with alcohol by myself. Yeah. One day, um, this is about a month later. I'm I'm home. Uh, I was home. I was home all day. 
by, by myself. Yeah. My wife and kids come in and I am bloody all over. Apparently, of course, I'm drunk. I don't remember this. I fell and I broke my nose. Oh no. My daughters come in, they're, daddy, daddy, what's wrong? And so when that, that was absolutely traumatizing for them to see me like that. So that's when that, that moment, I threw my hands up and I'm like, okay, I need help. I need help. I don't want to do this anymore. This is ridiculous. I, I don't want this life. And um, I got into a rehab. Congratulations. So, so was that rehab in Oregon? It was in LA. It was in LA. Yeah. Um, and so you, you stayed in LA, correct? No, I'm well, in Fresno. That area. Fresno. You're in Fresno, yeah, yeah, yeah. but in California, yeah. right? Right. Um, yep. Oregon has some different, I, I think California has a lot more recovery places for people. But, right. But what about... Do they have state hospitals that people can go to with yeah, but drug rehabilitation I'm, or mental illness? Yeah, yeah. Um, the state. I went to a private. Well, I just want to know for the people because there's so many states that close down all of the state institutions for any kind of mental illness. Uh, Right. I don't. I'm not sure. Cal, I'm not sure. California. Um. Yeah. 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 Uh, but so yes, yeah, so I went to rehab. Um. And you know, it was, it was funny because it was like the first couple of weeks. I I was still getting off of you know the alcohol and and um. I wasn't really. I I wasn't. I was there, but I wasn't. I was like, I don't think I'm gonna stay sober you know, the, the first couple of weeks. And, and, and then you know, I stayed there for let's say about two months and slowly, but surely I started thinking, huh, there's no chaos in my life. <laughs> Things are kind of, they're, they're kind of chill right now. This is, huh. I can, I can walk outside and, and look at the sky and not be miserable. <laughs> so it took, it took a little time. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very active in recovery in the, in the recovery world today. Uh, I, I, I sit on the board for the Zachary Horton foundation. Um, they aim to break the stigma of addiction. Uh, Jim Horton's son, Zach died of a opioid overdose two years ago. So many opioids so, out there. So horrible. Much. I know. So, um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. Like today, you know, all of these beautiful things that have happened just in the last year and a half, I, I, I started my own business. I became a news director and main anchor for a big station here in Fresno. I, uh, I have a good relationship with, with my wife today. My kids love me. Like, you know, it's just, and like I said, there's no chaos. Right. You know, yeah, do I do I argue and do people make me mad? Of course, that's life. Well, that's ordinary life, yes. Right, right. But but I guess, you know, all I all I can say is if you are struggling and if you are ready to get help, you can do it. 
I didn't think I could. I didn't think I could never drink again. And 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 I and I, I always say it's always one day at a time for me, right? I don't I don't say, oh, I'll never drink again. You can't you can't you can't say that. You have to you 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 have to say I don't want to drink again. Can't set yourself up for failure. That that's how I do my recoveries. Just so let me today. ask you this. So yesterday yeah. was a holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, on normal holidays, did you used to like have parties and drink and all that? Yeah. Um, I was more of a lonely drinker. Lonely, loner one. Yeah, yeah. I was more comfortable drinking by myself uh, than with other people. I don't know why, but um, so so it's nice because might have been some holiday- part of that depression yeah and and with the holidays now um i'm I'm very happy that i wasn't like the holidays weren't a drinking thing for me um so like we had a great fourth of july yesterday um we went over to my in-laws they don't drink so there's no alcohol mm-hmm. um and and i've also changed he changed my surroundings right people places and things and have it's very important yeah yeah you know but so have so what kind of uh drunk were you were you a happy drunk a sad drunk a mean drunk happy until somebody made me mad then I was a mean drunk so what was what was your choice of alcohol just vodka I didn't, I don't even like the taste of alcohol. Isn't that, a, isn't that, I hate the taste. Um, so I was like, I'm not gonna, why would I, you know, why would I get, uh, you know, draft beer uh, what, what, for, you know, a six pack for 20 bucks, whatever. I don't even know what the prices are today. <laughs> um, I have or I can just, there. yeah, right. <laughs> or I can <laughs> just buy a bottle, bottle of vodka, take a shot, take a, you know, shot of Coke and I'm good. And it's cheaper that way. And I can get more drunk. It's more alcohol. <laughs> Speaking of vodka. So I did um, yesterday, I did a reel on Instagram for those who do not drink alcohol. Because yeah. when my husband and I were in Mexico, you know, when we're sitting in the pool, uh, the bartender and bartendies or whatever would come up and they would offer you like these beach drinks, you know. And they want, you know, they looked wonderful. They're refreshing, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I said, no, thank you. Cause I assumed there was alcohol, but my husband took one. Right. He will occasionally, he's never had any in the house. He never just sits down uh-huh. to have one, but if we go on vacation or something, he might have one here or there. Right. Um, it's just him. Right. That's nothing that I instilled or asked or anything. Right. And that's the kind of person I chose to be married to. But um, so he he had this drink. And of course, like I said, I said, no, thank you, because I assumed it had alcohol in it. And then he looked at me after he took a drink. and He's like, this is really good. You need to try it. So I just took a sip of his. And I couldn't really taste the vodka, but the drink itself was really refreshing and good. And so I said, I wonder if I could have them make that without the alcohol. Right. And so I did. And I now make that that's the most refreshing summer drink. 
but I don't know what it's called. I don't know if it's called anything. So everywhere we go, I have to just tell them how to make it. Right. And and, and I have them taste it because they're like, what is this? I'm like, I don't know because they said it in Spanish. (laughs) So I don't know. know I just know what's in it. And so I created it in a real yesterday for those who don't drink. Right. So you'll have to watch it and maybe you and your wife try it because it's really good. Well, it's funny. Uh, the other day, was it, or a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed um, on my show uh, a place called Bone Dry Fresno, and they're opening up a uh, a bar, but no alcohol. No alcohol. Yeah, cool. yeah. Isn't that interesting? So it's fascinating. I think it's wonderful. I think I know, right? And um, so you can uh, look at the bar surrounding, which some people like. Right. You know, the dark, right. the playing pool, yep. the music, right. you know, people. Right. That's cool. Good yeah. idea. So, um, yeah, very, very cool. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah. We need more places like that. I know. Well, I, I, I bet you they're going to start pop, popping up because, you know, you're, thanks to podcasts like yours, this story is getting out and it's not a taboo topic anymore. Um, it's okay if, if, if you're struggling, it's okay that you're an addict. It's okay that you've got a disease. It, right. You know, we're not bad people. Right. You know? um, Thank you for saying that. They, people need to hear that. Right. right I think right. part of people's struggles for not even wanting to stop is because they don't want to face who they think people are judging them for. You know what I'm saying? And who gives a shit what people, but that's what we have to figure out too. Right. There's a good book out um, in case you want to share it. Uh Um, It's called the Eagle cleanse. Okay. Um, It is amazing. It's, it it doesn't have to be somebody from addiction or anything, but it's, you know, it's about our ego talking to us all the time. And one, one of the biggest things is what does that person think of me? What do people think of me? We care too much about what people think of us and how they're labeling us. And that stops, that stops us from doing a lot of things. So it's a quick read. I got it on Kindle. I go okay. back to it to reference it because it's it's more like a workbook. Right. So you would love it. You would love it. Okay. I'll, I will check that out okay. for sure. Thank you. So anyway, um, you went to recovery. And how long were you in recovery into this recovery place? Uh, let's see. I was there for, well, I did three weeks in L.A., Mm-hmm. And then I came to sober living and I was there for like another month and a half. So, so you guys have uh, also a sober living place? We have a bunch of them here in Fresno. That's amazing. I, I think there's, yeah, there's like 25. That's the other thing. We don't have any of those around here. I think that's really, no. Wow. So sober living is, so there's halfway house and then there's sober living, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, and we have a yeah. couple halfway houses, but no sober living. And the sober living was great. And that's what I hear it from so great. many people. I wish we had them. So there's another thing I need to it, put on the list. We need to add. <laughs> I know. I know. So everybody that's watching right a now, non-alcoholic <laughs> so yeah. in Chicago, right. 
and unalcoholic bar and sober living. Okay. Right. So you went to sober living and how long? Yeah, uh, I was there for like a month and a half. And, um, it, you know, it was all guys and, and, and I was like really worried, right? I was like, oh my God, like, you know, cause I'm thinking sober living, I'm thinking a halfway house. So like, I bet these, you know, are there going to be guys that are like, is, is it going to be scary? You know, right. I walked in and it's, it's other guys just like me, careers, kids, life. Oh yeah. You know, uh, and, and and then the um you know you have a house manager that watches you and and helps you it it was really good for me um it made me mad sometimes because they kind of treat you like they treat you kind of like a teenager right like you have to make your bed <laughs> I'm like right but I think that because so I talked to to somebody and I I think I did a podcast with her um she's actually in her third year of living in a sober living house. Um, you, I have heard so, that people. Mm-hmm. Well, you go. You can keep living there. Yep. And right. she lives there with her daughter. And the more you live there and you're established, the less rules you have. Right. So right. I mean, she loves it, and they help her tremendously, like with her daughter, and she's gotten great sober friends and. So I hear it's really a, a, a good place to go after. It is. And they, they, you know, they test you. They make sure you don't have any drugs or alcohol. They do that every single night. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, th- it's a great, it's a great way. If you're just down in the dumps, everything is going wrong and you need a reset. Sober right. living is a really good option. You know, I'm and sure is that kind of to help you get back into the, yeah. Yeah. Get back into society. Yeah. Here's, you know, here's how you, here's, you know, you eat breakfast at this time. You know, it's, it's, it, um, you know, but they let you go if you want to see your friends or your right. family, right. you know, so it's, it's not right. like jail. Oh my gosh. Right. It's, right. It's, and, and that's what you know, need to know. Right. Right. It's not scary. I mean, I'm sure there's some crappy sober things, but at least the one I went to, it was me, from what I've heard, the only thing that would be scary is if you've been drinking, because why would you be afraid to be tested if you're not doing anything? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. When he tested me every time I was like, sweet, here you go. Cool. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Isn't that a <laughs> good, good feeling feet. though? I was just gonna say it was a it's a good feeling right mm-hmm. that's the thing I just I want people to know that um life life can go on without drugs and alcohol <laughs> it really can um I'll tell you I'll tell you Christy the hardest thing in my life mm-hmm. not the cystic fibrosis but um stopping drugs and alcohol Okay. So that you feel was your biggest life struggle. A hundred percent. Sometimes, you know, I, I, I think, man, if I didn't, if I wasn't drinking so much and I didn't like those pain meds, you know, maybe I'd be in New York city as an anchor for a bit, you know, um, but I can't, I can't regret the past. It's, it's done. I can learn from it and move on and absolutely not, not do the same thing. So 
And I think that's what everybody has to remember, you know, and part of I'm assuming that you're, are you going to AA or staying in any kind of, yep. and I'm sure if, if I remember right, because my dad had me go to alcohol and not, or so what's that called? Oh, uh, Al-Anon? Al-Anon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes. And I started, he was a spokesman all over the United States for AA and oh. I was in his story because I actually forced him into rehab years and years and years ago. It was either that or he was going to die. Right. And he hated me for it. Hated mm. me. But, and, and he wouldn't speak to me. And he told me, you are not my daughter. But he was drunk. He was drunk. Right. Yeah. But it didn't, it didn't take the hurt away from me. Right. And when he was allowed to see me, he took me off the list wouldn't let me go see him wow like he totally was punishing me right and he was in uh six weeks and decided he wasn't ready to go out and stayed for another three months and when he came out he started going to his a meetings and he's well the first thing he did was come to me and tell me how much he loved me and how thankful he was for me okay yeah yeah and and asked for forgiveness right but just in, you know, I want people to know too that there's a like you, you know, you can leave a legacy by this. And my dad did. He took right. he took all those things he went through, right? Made a positive thing out of them. And my memories today are no longer of that day that he said, You're not not my daughter. I hate right. you. They right. are my dad went around the whole country helping people save their lives. Right. Wow. When he died, I cannot tell you how many letters I got from all over the United States of what the little things that my dad did for them. Wow. Like the simple things that my dad never bragged about him. Right. I mean, he invited me when he did big speaking because he would say, this is the person that actually forced me into getting help to to begin with that went through hell doing it. So, and, and his thing was tough love. Okay. That's what I was doing was showing tough love. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. People need to realize that it might be hard, but the end result can be so amazing too. Right. So it doesn't mean it's always going to work, but at Mm -hmm. least you're doing your job and you're not enabling somebody. Exactly, exactly. And, 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 and I love what you said, too, you know, but where, you know, he said, you're not my daughter, but you recognize he was drunk. He wasn't himself. Um, you know, I mean, I, all the, all hurt, the oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. It still right. hurt. And right. But I forgave him. And I'm also a Christian. Um, right. And I'm not pushing Christianity whatsoever. But I am a Christian, and, and you know, yeah, you believe but, in but I cried and cried and cried, and I went right. to my mom, and I'm like, he hates me. He said I mm-hmm. was no longer his daughter, you know. And she's like, he was drunk, he was drunk, and I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I heard sometimes when people are drunk is when they say their honest feelings. I've heard that too. I know. I think it just kind of depends, you know? right? It's, right. Oh. And so that was tough, and I was 18, so. Yeah. So, you know, that was, that was also a bad age, you know, college and, but regardless of all that, the, the memory, the best memories I have 
is that he actually went around helping people for the rest of his life from the time he right. came out. Yeah. And yeah. There's those people that told me, oh my gosh, in one of the letters it said, anytime one of us got sick, it didn't matter what state we we're in, and he heard about it, he would come and make his homemade chicken noodle soup and sit with us. Wow. And just visit with us. And he called and he checked on us. And you know, I he never told me about that stuff. Right. Right. He he was humble. Yeah. And and I, I really like that. So he did leave a legacy. You know, there's yeah. you can, you can right. too. Look at all you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And so, you know, that's what I want people to not be afraid of too, is don't be afraid that we're just gonna have the bad memories. Because we are proud. We are proud when when you when any of you stop doing those things because we know that you're stopping first of all for yourself but right i'm not going to say that you don't stop for other people too yes you have to make right. that final decision but like you said your daughters they mm-hmm. saw you like that did yeah. they say daddy quit no but you saw what was happening yeah. so you still made right. that final decision but your daughter's had right. an impact on it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So relapse doesn't have to happen, right? It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to happen. But if it does, end of the world. And recovery is all about second chances. It's all about love, hope, compassion, faith. Uh, I've had many relapses, um, and when I'd come back in, you know, get back into my recovery community, everybody was just always so, they were never mad. They were never- I think that's what people need to know is it's it's okay if you relapse, because you can always get right back in and start it over again. Not that we want to encourage to relapse. Right. But don't beat yourself up over it and then start drinking more, right? Yep, yep, yep. And, um, you know, I I just, I feel like some, it's not, it doesn't have to be embarrassing. And and a lot of that has to do with being honest. Because we learn to be honest as we're in, in sobriety. So, you know, by saying, hey, you know what? I had a couple drinks last night. Well, somebody can help that person further along if they're honest. Right, right. Okay. So from that point of relapse, what happened? Well, let's see. When I when I finally when I finally threw my hands up and I went to the rehab in LA and then I went into sober living that for some reason that did it for me. And today I've got a little over a year and a half sober, but in my former relapse relapses, cause see, I, I get a little bit of time, maybe a month, month and a half. And then I, so when you relapsed, it wasn't just like 
I went out drinking one night, got drunk, and then the next day you're like, okay, I'm done. Did it last more than a day? It depended. It depended. Some, yeah, somewhere you go on benders for months, and then really? others okay. one day. From yeah, my. But in your case, yeah. In your case, how how long was the longest time that you relapsed? Hmm. Couple years. Couple years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that I I just couldn't I just couldn't get I couldn't get an hour of sobriety. Okay. Okay, so um, I think we probably you probably need to get back to work. Um, yeah, uh, there were uh, let's see, we're covering a bunch of fires, house fires overnight because of Fourth of no, July. I was afraid burned down. I was afraid that was going to happen. This whole country has been so hot and so dry. And I'm right. like, oh boy. Okay. So California, Oregon, all that's going to start. The West is, uh, yeah, I know. Um, and man, people were shooting off fireworks until I think like two, three. <laughs> I was Even that's scary when, when everything's so dry. I know. I know the field here. They sprayed down real good before they had. I didn't go to them, but before right. they did it, you know, that's only because I'm on the Chamber of Commerce here, and I knew what was going. Oh, on okay. Um, but no, I I I had to quit going because my little puppy is so oh. afraid. Real? Oh, oh, well, yeah. Oh, she shakes, and I know. Ugh. So you know, we, we had to. We we had to. Um, what was I going to say? I forgot. Uh, we have to, gosh, I keep, I keep having these uh, brain. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say, but. You guys had to do something because of somebody. Um, what was I talking about? Well, we were talking about not being able to go to the fireworks because of. Oh, my dog, Lila. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Um, my wife's a vet tech, so she got uh, our so our, we have two dogs. Uh, our chihuahua, weird. He did fireworks don't scare him. You think it would a chihuahua? <laughs> you know, but then Lila, she's a Cavalier King Charles, and she has to get uh, those the meds that calm her down. You know, so she was like, she was she, because if if she doesn't have those meds on board, she, she could have a heart attack. She's already got a heart condition too so um did your was your dog okay though well yeah so here's the deal my my dog is actually um a a lhasa apsa and their lifespan is 11 years and she's 11 and she just started being afraid this last year of noises loud interesting and I talked to the vet about it and Uh she said as long when as the, the older they get you know, these things start happening and she's in right. her last year of her lifespan. So now she like cries when you walk out the door, yeah. you know, and she never did that. And she was, she used to sit on my lap on the fireworks and watch him and everything. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I don't think people realize how human dogs are. Oh, I know. I know. They really don't oh, yeah. like their feelings that they have and, and how smart they are. And right. Right. Oh, oh I, she sees me put a pair of shoes on, and she knows I'm going somewhere. I know. I know. <laughs> the, I, I swear. I sometimes I think dogs are as smart as us, or smarter. They just, 
or smarter. <laughs> they just don't talk. They're like, ah, hey, we don't need to talk. Right. We'll bark if we're right. pissed off. But right. <laughs> okay, so you have twin daughters and two dogs and one cat. That's right. Yep. And a wife. And a wife. Yep. A wife. So okay, um, I am going to end with this. Um, thank you. I, I so much appreciate all the things that you've done for me and for other people now. Thank you. Um, well, I you think too. that's so important. And um, I hope that we can be friends and we'll see you again. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, you need to come is back there, on, uh, on my show. Okay. Okay. But is there anything that you want to, do you want to give out any information that people can? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, follow me on Instagram at Austin Reed on air. Uh, my website's getting a remake right now, but it's uh, austinreadnetwork.com. Uh, bet, you know, I'm on Facebook, Twitter. And it's yeah, all under it's, the same name. Yeah. Yeah. All, yep. All Austin Reed on air. So I yeah. I, think I found you on Twitter. Uh, Cause I tried. You did? I don't think I did yet. I tried. Um, oh, but it, it was a short time. It was, I was in the car on my way to a oh, wedding okay. this weekend. Oh, but okay. I, I will. Um, but yeah, my website, know, I, I, just so everybody knows, I just got all my podcasts loaded into, and now they automatically go there. Oh, perfect. So even though I, I work on Spotify and that's right. my main one. There is right. a lot of different platforms, but to know that you can go to my website because there's so many different, there's blogs on there and stuff too, but you right. can always go on there free and listen okay. to them too. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Awesome. I want to, it was your, under uh, construction over the week. Oh, was? oh, oh, okay. So yeah. So my assistant that works on my website got all uh-huh. that fixed. So nice. there's lots more fun stuff to do. I'm going to be blogging about um, different ways of going, approaching. Well, I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to blog about getting a um, sober house. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to show some, I'm going to get some pictures of some and right. I'm going to show some and then tell people about them because I think that's so important. Right. Really right. So I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, you have a great day. You too. Happy. uh, Bye, everybody. Make sure you follow him. You'll love him. All right. (laughs) You're too kind.